Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and cool stuff. Today, I have four short segments, and if you're a really long-time listener, you'll remember when my show would be just one of these segments, and I'm really grateful to be able to get to do so much more today. We'll talk about why you call a small number of people a skeleton crew. We'll talk about why we say we hunker down. We'll talk about the difference between uncharted and unchartered, and we'll talk about the word existential. I was supposed to have an interview this week with Roy Peter Clark of the Pointer Institute about his new book called Murder Your Darlings that has all sorts of inspirational writing advice. But we couldn't make it work because his company is operating on a skeleton crew and he couldn't get help with the recording. And then he said, you should do a segment about the phrase skeleton crew. So this one is for you, Roy. We'll do that interview in the future. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, people started using the word skeleton to describe the bare-bones level of staffing needed to operate in the late 1700s, and it looks like it started in a military context. The earliest examples are about skeleton battalions, skeleton regiments, skeleton squads, and skeleton forces. It wasn't until the 1920s that you start seeing people use the term in a business sense— And that's also when the use of the term skeleton crew really starts taking off, at least according to a Google Ngram chart, which shows how often words or phrases appear in published books. And it also looks like the phrase skeleton crew is about twice as popular in American English as it is in British English. You may have guessed from my reference to a bare-bones level of staffing that skeleton refers to something that's bare. The concept of a skeleton crew comes from the older meaning of the word skeleton as a bare outline of something. The word skeleton itself comes from a similar-sounding Greek word that means to dry up or to make dry. So if your office or business is operating with a skeleton crew, you're working with a small number of people, the minimum number of people you need to get by— And you might not be able to do everything you want, like set up a recording for a podcast interview. Hunker is a word that's been popping up a lot lately, and listeners have been asking what it means. 
You're most likely to hear hunker followed by the word down, especially when someone is talking about settling in to ride out a disaster like a hurricane or a pandemic. We have all our groceries and we're hunkering down. People around the world are preparing to hunker down. When you're hunkering down, you're preparing to spend a long time somewhere. Etymology entries say hunker probably comes from an old Norse verb that meant squat. Although the word first appeared in English in the 1700s, it seems to have only entered common use around 1960 and has become increasingly popular since. The Oxford English Dictionary says the figurative sense of hunkering, to dig in to protect yourself, arose in the United States and was frequently used in military contexts. It's not surprising, then, that hunker also appears to be more popular in American English than in British English, at least in books that have been scanned by the Google Books Project. Here's a recent example of Hunker Down from Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. This was from March 15th. Americans should be prepared that they're going to have to hunker down significantly more than we as a country are doing. And I particularly liked this example of the more rare use of hunker alone without down from the book Daughter of Smoke and Bone. It reads, It's a condition of monsters that they do not perceive themselves as such. The dragon, you know, hunkered in the village devouring maidens, heard the townsfolk cry monster, and looked behind him. A follower named Kareen McKay asked me to do a segment on the difference between the words uncharted and unchartered. So here you go. The word you usually want is uncharted. It's just the prefix un with the word charted and refers to a place that isn't mapped or charted. If a sailor came across islands that weren't on his map, he might call them uncharted islands. And of course, uncharted also has a metaphorical sense of something that's new or that we haven't had to deal with before. This pandemic is taking us into uncharted territory. A charter can be a license to do something. For example, in the United States, some districts have charter schools, which means they have a charter to operate as public schools while not being held to many of the rules that apply to the state's traditional public schools. So maybe you could refer to a school that didn't go through the proper channels as an unchartered school. It's actually hard to think of an example in which you'd use unchartered. When I searched the corpus of contemporary American English, I found 119 results for the word unchartered, but all but one of them were using it incorrectly to mean uncharted. The lone example of it being used properly referred to state-chartered banks and something called unchartered free banks. So if you're trying to decide which word to use, think of the captain of a ship with a table full of charts in front of him, hoping that he doesn't end up in uncharted territory. You may have been seeing the word existential in the news recently. Well, it can seem like a big, incomprehensible word until you realize it's related to the word exist. In fact, it comes from a Latin word that means to exist. And when existential is used in its most literal sense, it relates to being. 
For example, an existential threat to humanity is something that threatens humanity's continued existence or being. For example, the world's stockpile of nuclear bombs could be considered to be an existential threat to humanity because there are enough of them to wipe us out. Existential also has a meaning related to existentialism, a branch of philosophy that deals with existence. Existentialism was begun by Kierkegaard and expanded by philosophers including Sartre and Camus. This field deals with questions about the meaninglessness of human life and people's individual freedom and responsibility to make their life meaningful in some way. For example, an existential crisis could be characterized by thoughts such as, I'm just one of more than 7 billion people on Earth. Why does my individual life have meaning? Interestingly, one study found that about 35% of Germans are existentially indifferent in that when asked, they said they didn't feel like their lives had meaning, but they also didn't care. From what I can gather from the study, they just didn't think about it very much. So another coping mechanism may be to stay busy with family and friends or volunteer work, to stay too busy to ponder such big thoughts so they don't bother you. And I haven't read any Kierkegaard, so I can't tell you whether reading his works would make you feel better or worse. Finally, I have a cute familect story from Sandra. Hi, Mignon. This is Sandra Sanchez from New Jersey. And I have a story. Um, I'm the mother of four boys, ages 25 through 13. And um, my 25-year-old, when he was a baby, he would mix his words up. He would say, for instance, instead of remote, he would call it the Moriote. Instead of helicopter, he would say copper copper. And instead of motorcycle, he would say cycle motor and also Hanger burger. So all of those words are part of our vocabulary now. Even the 13-year-old who wasn't even around when my oldest was a baby uh, says those words because that's how we raised him. All right. Goodbye. Thanks, Sandra. I found that especially interesting because it seems to me like an unusual way for a child to mix up words. If you want to share your family dialect story, the story of a word your family and only your family uses, leave a voicemail at 83321-4-GIRL, like Sandra did, and you might hear it on the show. And one last thing before I go. You probably know that Grammar Girl is part of the Quick and Dirty Tips podcast network. Well, we have a lot of other shows about things like nutrition, exercise, parenting, and more. We are experts who answer your questions, and our editor, Karen Hertzberg, has put up a page where we can take your questions about coronavirus or just living in these times. We want to help. So if you want to submit a question, go to quickanddirtytips.com slash coronavirus hyphen questions. That's quickanddirtytips.com slash coronavirus hyphen questions, and I'll put a link in the show notes. I'm Mignon Fogarty. Thanks to my producer, Nathan Sams. And that's all. Thanks for listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
Medela, the mark of the fight. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.